Welcome once again to Hounds Tooth Heroes, the Survive and Advance edition. Uh, as always, you can find us on the website at houndstoothheroes.com, on Facebook or on Twitter at H2Heroes. Some quick housekeeping. We would not be here if it weren't for the great people at Wild Bill's Wing Sauce, fresh off a Best in Show Award, the World's Hot Sauce Awards. So congrats to front of the program, Bill Howard, for keeping us in tasty sauces. Um, he has added a sweet and so spicy sauce to the lineup. And as always, you can find at wildbillsauce.com and everywhere Bema Wise products are sold. That's right. And a special thank you to Druid City Brewing in Tuscaloosa, who always keeps us in the tastiest of suds when we get that way. Speaking of getting that way, look like you guys had a big time over there at the brewery last did, weekend. Did do that, in fact. Went up for the Western Kentucky game. And uh, it all came full circle. All the, all the sponsors were working as a unit. Uh, we were at Druid City, and they smoked up some delicious chicken wings and Wild Bill's wing sauce. And I've got to say, and I'm not the only person who says this, they were among the best wings I've ever had. Uh, so I couldn't recommend smoking some wings. That's a Wild Bill sauce anymore if I tried. Got to love that. And uh, I don't know if we said it. He's Greg. I'm Ellis. That's right. We do have names, and welcome again to Houndstooth Heroes. But speaking, when we're speaking of Druid City, uh, brings us to libations. What are you drinking, else, Matt? So I've got a bit of a themed drink tonight. Uh, yeah. I am drinking a Lazy Magnolia Southern Pecan, Ooh. which a, a casual listener, a.k.a. my dad, Fred. Hey, Fred. Hey, uh, <laughs> might think, well, that's odd that he's drinking a Mississippi beer uh, in hashtag Ole Miss Hate Week. But I wanted to go ahead and talk this out. I don't really like to talk about my uh, personal traditions. Some of you may call them superstitions, but I prefer the term personal traditions. Uh, mm -hmm. But since it's just me, Greg, and my dad here, I feel hey, fine Fred. talking about it. So this tradition goes back to a uh, one Atlanta Braves playoff game that, Gregory, you may remember, uh, we watched it at Haley's Bar in Mobile, where I thought it would be a great idea to drink uh, Sweetwater beer because it was Atlanta-based, right. and we were watching uh -huh. the Braves. That would be the infield fly game. It would be, you. you remember well, the infamous infield fly game. Uh, needless to say, that game ended with multiple beer bottles on uh, on Turner Field and maybe one or two in the Mobile Press Register parking lot. I'm not sure. And and profanities everywhere. So <laughs> many profanities. So uh, I've tried that many times over the years, drinking the beer uh, of my supported team in hopes that it would bring them good luck. Uh, it has failed unequivocally. And so here I am uh, drinking this Mississippi beer. So you drink the drink the beer of your rivals. I've never day. tried this before, but I've I'm determined that the whatever beer I'm drinking will lose, if that makes sense. Fair enough. I like it. I like Here we it. Are. What about yourself? Um odd, well, oddly enough, I am I'm gonna begin a tradition right now. Ooh. Because I didn't I wasn't aware that I'm doing it, but I am begun to be going to begin drinking the beer or liquor as this as the case may be. Of the re recently vanquished. Because in this case, I'm drinking a delicious Kentucky bourbon. I like it. Right? We vanquished them, so now I'm going to drink the blood of the, of the, of the uh, vanquished. Uh, so I'm enjoying a delightful uh, Turkey 101 and Branchwater. That sounds nice. And I, I, and it I is, think we've started two capital T traditions here. I think so. I think so. We may have to make shirts. What is your tradition? <laughs> anyway, do we want to get into a recap of the Western Kentucky game real quick? Let's do it, yeah. Uh, just a sort of a quick recap here because it was, by and large, what we expected it would be. Uh, Western Kentucky was a good team. Our defense was sort of on a different level uh, and totally cap completely capable of containing their passing game. Uh, they also shut down the uh, – or I'm sorry, our offense – also had its running game shut down, though, which was a little bit of concern. That's right. Uh, and as much as we re complained about relying on the big plays in the USC game, there were precious few in the Western Kentucky game. 
Yeah, that's exactly right. Uh, when Western Kentucky had the ball, we sort of focused our entire defensive attention on their quarterback, one Mike White, blandly named Mike White. Uh, mm-hmm. Held him through the day to 135 yards, including a beautiful 55-yard interception return for a touchdown by the man who, I think it's worth pointing out, we never doubted. No, never, never. We never no. doubted Eddie Jackson. Always Shout been out. in Eddie Jackson's corner. Always. That's right. Shout out to a friend of the program, at William K. Shannon, who kindly pointed out that the, the Houndstooth Heroes have never once doubted Eddie Jackson. Exactly, and, exactly. And there he was, returning that touchdown. Uh, and then we also, uh, he, was, he was huge in shutting down their run as we held them to 23 yards on the ground through the day. That's right. Uh, what about when Alabama had the ball? When Alabama had the ball, I'm glad you asked. Uh, yes. Our boy, hashtag Stardarius. Stardarius. Continued his streak of hotness. Streak of hotness, that's the way us educated people say it. Uh, Calvin mm-hmm. Ridley finally showed up. Um, they stacked the box, they being Western Kentucky, to stop our run. And so Calvin broke out with nine receptions for 129. Stardarius, hashtag uh, had five grabs for 90 yards, but again, I think there is major cause for concern for our running game. Uh, yeah. When you look at the box score, yards per carry isn't all that bad, uh, but when you're Alabama and your entire sort of, I would say our whole program depends on pounding the rock, uh, 124 total yards against Western Kentucky is just not really going to do it as the season progresses. Uh, Damian Harris again started over Bo Scarborough, which if you had told me in the offseason that was going to be the case week two, I would have laughed and laughed. Uh, Mm -hmm. And and Damian got the bulk of the carries, so he got 11 carries for 45 yards, what I mean there by bulk. What do you make of all that? Well, if you could call that a bulk of the carries, I mean, I I don't know, man. Number one, I I don't know what to make of Damian getting the start over Bo Scarborough. Um, I don't, you know, there's gotta be a reason. Um, and I, but I, Bo Scarborough is a giant human and he is our between the tackles guy. And Damian Harris is the, you know, is the, is the, is the cut and flash guy. So I don't know why this, I don't understand the strategy. Yeah, I agree. And I mean, I'm not the professor at Ben Litvin, but to right. me, it looks like Bo is doing off-the-ball things really well. He seems to be blocking. He's opening up mm-hmm. uh, uh, holes for other people and, and giving the quarterback some protection. So I don't think it's that. Right. I, 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 I don't honestly, know. I, I'm as confused as you are. Yeah, I have no idea. I uh, will say the only thing noteworthy about this game was, I guess, Western Kentucky's backdoor cover. Ugh. And the and if, 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 if betting isn't your thing, and certainly it is among the Houndstooth heroes, and the Lane Kiffin ass-chewing that resulted from it. Yes. Um, and there's a little bit of background on that. <clears throat> Toward the end of the game, we needed one first down to close out the game. And so instead of just you know running the ball and see what happens – Lane got cute and put Robert Foster back there, taking the snap, who promptly fumbled. West Virginia scored, and then West Kentucky scored. And Kiffin felt the wrath wrath of Nick Saban after that. And some reporters asked him about it. You know, if he tangled up with uh, about tangling up with Lane, and he said, "No, that wasn't tangling up. That was an ass chewing." So I mean, so there's that. Uh, so I get Saban's point. Uh, plays like that won't cost you the Western Kentucky game, but they will cost you the game at Ole Miss. So with that, I'm going to pose the question, would you have chewed that ass? That's uh, an important question, I think, leaving week two for Tide fans. I'm going to say this is not my nature exactly, but I think I would have chewed that ass. You would have chewed that ass? I think I would have chewed that ass because... If anything, if there if there is one thing you can say for sure has happened over the past two weeks, or at least let's say the first week and three quarters of the second week, I think Lane Kiffin's ego is starting to return. He had sort of turned into this, if you're a Game of Thrones fan person, uh, like a Reek-like character where Saban had just stripped him of his identity, basically told him not to talk and do the things that he's good at. Uh, And he had gotten really good at that, and now he's getting all kinds of national praise. Everyone's already speculating what 
uh, high-profile head coaching position he's going to take at season's end after this national championship. I mean, it's gotten a little out of hand. And I know there, there's a whole act going on right now uh, where Saban is just determined, and, and everybody on Twitter is sort of hating on this, but it is what it is, uh, is determined to get the team's mindset right this week. I think he feels that at least last year our team has not focused on Ole Miss, and I think he wanted us to come out of the Western Kentucky game, us being our players, the Alabama players, uh, feeling really badly. And I think part of that carries over to the coaching staff. And, you know, it wasn't a huge deal. It was a fumble that cost us a couple points and maybe a cover. Maybe Saban's a betting guy. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Right. Uh, but cost us that. And, and I think it was a little uh, contrived. But I think, yes, in the end, totally worth it. And I got to say, I would have chewed that ass. I, on the other hand, would not have chewed that ass. Really? I would not have chewed that ass. Not at all. No, not even come close. Not even open the mouth to chew. Wow. Um, I think at some point you got to let Lane be Lane. This is stuff Lane's going to do. But mm-hmm. I, and I have grown to trust Lane enough that he's going to do these things in situations where it won't kill us. I don't. I think Lane has grown enough that Lane knows not to do ridiculous shit like this during the middle of an important game. Uh, I think you get Robert. You know, I think you get to test that game, that play out in a game time atmosphere, and see what happens. Now, we learned something from it. We learned that apparently Robert Foster is not equipped to do that to My run that play. Player. Right, and your breakout breakout player. So you learn something from it in a game time situation that you know you need that lets you know you need to work on it. So from that point of view, I would not have chewed that ass. But, I mean, who are we to say? Let's invite our listeners to weigh in on at h2theroes.com on Twitter or on the Facebook page. Let us know. Would you have chewed that ass? <laughs> that is the important question of the week. Uh, one exactly. additional note I'd just like to point out. Did you notice Lane tried to speak during that ass chewing? Yeah, you don't do that. You do not do that. No, when you're getting your ass chewed, you just sit there and take the bite. Yeah, just look like an idiot, man. Yeah, just don't. No, just don't. No, no, no that's that when you just rough. throw your yeah, you just throw your hand up in his face. Like, no, no, I'm I'm chewing this ass. You just you just <laughs> hold the horns. That's right. So anyway, heroes, let us know would you have chewed that ass? Uh, on an additional sort of interactive feature, we got a couple people who gave us feedback on this last week, which gives me just such great hope for the future. Uh, let's rate the game in an emoji, shall we? All right, I'm going to go smiling poop. <laughs> the smiling poop emoji. Why is that poop Because, smiling? you know, you win, you win, and so you've got to smile. But like Nick Saban said, I'm not going to go to the extremes where he said of this is the most disappointed I've ever been in my entire life after yeah. a win. I'm not going to go that far, but yet it was a poop. It was nothing but it a poop. It was certainly a poop that came out as a yep. W. Exactly. We've all anyway, been there. And we think that the truth. What about you? I spent a lot of time on it this week, I got to say. I thought about <laughs> like maybe an envelope. Maybe we mailed it in, whatever. I'll use that later in the season. So, right. Fred, don't call me out. Uh, I, I ultimately ended up with the Russian guy. In, in the, the like people guy. section, there's this guy wearing a Russian hat. Uh, uh-huh. Yeah. And so he's not smiling. But he also looks like he's hiding some things, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. I think, you know, this wasn't a banner day for the Crimson Tide program, needless to say. Uh, but I think there are some weapons that this guy's got either stuck up in his hat, maybe, or, right. or behind his back, wherever it could be, uh, that right. he's just waiting to pull out. All right, fair enough. All right, so let's take a look at let's take a let's look at one of our other uh, big hit features <laughs> that people know and love. That's right. What did Stingray do this week? Tell us how much. What Boy, did Stingray a, do? Just a fan favorite. This segment is uh, uh-huh. Stingray taught us a couple things this week, or or, or a thing. Uh, genius that he is, Alabama grad, of course. Pointed oh. out uh, before his Moo U. Bulldogs, Cal, Cal Bells, travel down to Baton Rouge that actually, here's a hot take for you, LSU really stands for Less's Stupid Urchins. Urchins? 
or all right now. I was kind of impressed. I, uh, I would have thought Stingray would spell that with an E or an I for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. So he did that. This was all sourced from a video he recorded on his back porch, uh, standing next to a peeing dog statue. Oh. Yeah, there there are screenshots that I'll plan to post as the week goes on, mostly after Moo Yu gets slaughtered in Baton Rouge, and then we can taunt our good buddy Stingray. Uh, but but the dog is is obviously lifting a leg, or in Stingray terms, hiking a leg, and right. and Stingray then imitated it and hiked a leg himself. Really? Yeah, yeah. The guy uh, did not look stable, did not look well balanced, but managed to hold. Ooh hiked leg for about uh, a half count so there was, so it was like a yoga it's like a yoga pose really it did saying. you're right it did sort of look like a yoga pose except you have you sort of like see him prepping himself for this move and then he just barely pulls it off so we'll give him uh-huh. we'll give him half credit uh and then he barked as i guess a stingray is prone to do Right, right. Yeah, I see that. All right, well big day big week in uh stingray land then. It was it was all right, well, anyway, moving on. It's no surprise to anyone that it is Ole Miss week, and we are currently riding a nifty two-game losing streak against the Rebel, liberal, bleh, Rebel Black Bears. You just call them the uh, Liberal Black Bears, which is the uh, most parent. offensive thing you can say about an Ole Miss fan. Oh, Lord. Uh, going into Oxford is never easy, but uh, the boys out in the desert have installed your tide as a 10-point favorite. Uh, so I guess that question probably has to be asked. Do we hate Ole Miss? I'm going to answer that with a, hell yeah, damn right, we hate Ole Miss. Oh, really? Here's, uh, here's the thing right. about Ole Miss, is that in recent years, Ole Miss did its own thing for a long time, and they were content because there were more Mannings coming down the pipeline, and they were like, oh, life is great. Once they ran they out won- of Mannings, they had then to clean... Go ahead. They wanted to win the party. They just always wanted to win the yeah, party. Right, that was right. And, that and was enough for them. with that. Right. Somewhere that satisfaction in only winning the party ran out. And they've determined that they need to be Alabama. They have this deep south thing, and they think, well, that school is great at football. They they have some awesome things that they've done for a really long time, which may or may not include paying players. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say it does, but, but that may be a capital T tradition that happens at the capstone. <laughs> so anyway, Ole Miss fans have just decided to forsake their traditions and their reputations and everything that made Oxford such a wonderful paradise to try to win some football games and and specifically win football games against the University of Alabama. And they've sacrificed all that, and they still ain't even seen Atlanta. We've said it before on here. They're worse cheaters than the barn. They can't pay to hush a kid's stepdad, which is, I mean, that's that's 100-level stuff. Uh, they can't keep the same kids' Snapchat or Instagram accounts protected. I mean, this is this is basic, guys. They can't even land the payers who they do play. I'm sorry, the players who they do pay. And then those players go to other schools and snitch. What is that? Uh, uh, going down the list, Katy Perry. Dumb. So dumb. Black Bears. G-T-F-O. Nobody even gets it. And it takes... I've never heard an Ole Miss fan who can explain the Rebel Black Bears thing in under 60 seconds. And by that time, I am taking shots on the square. Don't care. Their real rivalry, and we're going to get to the rivalry aspect because they have these uh, sort of pipe dreams about what their rivalry could be. Their real rivalry is always going to be Moo Yu, the Mississippi State University, who has at least played in the SEC championship game once. It's more than Ole Miss can say. Uh, and, and I'm just going to end my little spiel by quoting our dear beloved friend, uh, JT Bowtie. He's fallen, God rest his soul. Uh, some would call him, I think, the hero. I'm sorry, the godfather of the heroes. Maybe the hero godfather, the hero father, if you will. Uh, who once said in an infamous and now somehow deleted from the internet, which I didn't think was possible, video, hotty toddy, gosh almighty, who the hell are you, Ole Miss? And there we go. Thank that was you, quite the you. rant there, sir. All right. Well, Whew. with that, let's uh, go ahead and look at another fascinating segment of Heroes History where we point out again, this is not a rivalry. Mm-hmm. 
This game has been played since 1894. Both teams were founding members of the Southeastern Conference, and that's about where the similarities end. They want to be our rivals. The all-time record is 51-10-2 on the field, which is an important distinction, by the way, because these past two wins are all but guaranteed to be vacated at some point. Um, there was a nice article today uh, written by Rick Cleveland, I want to say Mississippi Today, talking about uh, why we had – there was a large expanse of time when Bryant was coaching and Johnny Vaught was coaching at Ole Miss that we just didn't play each other. And – both teams were told that the other team was scared of them. When, in fact, <laughs> apparently, Bryant and Vaught had agreed that there was no need to beat up on one another when we could beat up on other people, which I've got to, I've got to, admire, the, I've got to admire the move. Can't, mm. can't hate the hustle. Uh, the only really standout game during this entire series uh, was 1969. It was the first national primetime broadcast of a college football game. Uh, one Archie Manning was on the field for Ole Miss. Kid threw for 436 yards and three touchdowns while rushing for 104 yards. But the kicker is they lost. And they lost to, they lost to Scott Hunter. We had oh, Scott Lord. Hunter on the field, <laughs> and they couldn't even beat him. Hell, Freddie Kitchens never even lost to Ole Miss. That's right. Yeah, we, we've knocked both of the Mannings off. No big deal. Uh, I will say one other noteworthy game from a personal standpoint. When I was a wee lad, attended a game between Alabama and Ole Miss at Bryant-Denny. And when I get done with the story, I want to hear your favorite series okay. memory. So be thinking. Okay. Uh, 1998, SEC championship year, you may remember. Sean yeah. Alexander had himself a day against Ole Miss. And we went to overtime. Uh, I had these awesome seats, like maybe some of the best seats I've had in Bryant-Denny, down near the goal line where the overtime, the first overtime was held, and it was the first overtime for the Alabama Crimson Tide ever. It, it was a new rule that year, or thereabouts, maybe 90, anyway. Uh, and and so Alabama picked off whoever Ole Miss's quarterback was, I'm not going to think of it, uh, and then when they got the ball back, Sean got us situated in the middle of the field, only for one Ryan Flugner to come out and win the game. Hence oh, the phrase that I use almost weekly, went Flugner on that ass. Right, right. Yeah, sometimes always. you got to. <clears throat> you have one My, yourself? Yeah, okay. This I cannot give you the date, but uh, there was some divine intervention involved in this because I was very young, um, like middle school-ish. And because I was, and I, maybe even before that, because I was there with my mom, and uh, so I would say, God, it was early '80s, something like that. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so uh, we go, and it is pouring, it's raining cats and dogs. Ole Miss is just beating us like a drum. Um, we were down probably twenty-one to ten, something like that. I don't remember the score, but at some point, the game was called. Due to lightning. Really? Right. Um, I, we are convinced this day that the lightning was sent by Coach Bryant mm -hmm. because we came back on the field, stormed back, and won the game. So sometimes you just need a break, and Coach Bryant knew it, and uh, allowed that break for us to happen, and came on back and won that game. So that was the most memorable from a win standpoint. Yeah. The most memorable from a loss standpoint – I know. I was a sophomore, and it was the first game I'd ever gone to in Tuscaloosa with my dad, who is uh, an Ole Miss guy, who was an Ole Miss guy. And at the end of that game, we lost handily at homecoming. And I've never had my father point and laugh at me before. But there we were on 8th Street in Tuscaloosa at my apartment. He was about... He was about seven cocktails in the gym beam, and he could not say a word. He just kept pointing and laughing at his poor, dejected Crimson Tide son. Oh, Gregory, I don't know whether to laugh or cry right now. I know, I know. He, he sort of earned that one, I gotta say. I know, I know. What can you do? Because I did, I have taunted him and taunted him over the years, and so I guess payback is, as they say, a bitch. Yes, anyway. Well, let's move on quickly. Thus concludes another edition <laughs> of Heroes History. <laughs> All right, Ellis, what should we look for? When Alabama has the ball against the Ole Miss 
Rebel Akbar and Black Bears. That's right, the Rebel Akbars. I had forgotten about that. Yes, let's get to the game at hand. Uh, your boys have gone back and looked at all kinds of film. I know, right? Yeah, right, right. Totally not kidding. Uh, anyway, if you watched the Florida State game, which I did, so there's my film, uh, the key, I think, in this game is going to be keeping the Ole Miss defense or should I say the Rebel Akbar Landshark defense mm-hmm. on the field. Uh, due to some key injuries, of course they had that heartbreaking one, I think, in the first quarter against Ole Miss, uh, they just don't have enough depth to play an entire game without getting gassed. And if our offense can keep it on the field, keep pounding the rock, uh, I think it's really going to come down to whether they can get some three and outs um, or force some turnovers, which hopefully our offense will prevent. Uh, To illustrate that point, the Rebels held Florida State to 146 yards in the first half. If you remember that game, they came out looking like world beaters. My pants may or may not have needed to be changed uh, somewhere near the end of the second quarter. Uh, Just 10 yards on the ground in the first half of that game, and that's against Dalvin Cook, who we heard all (coughs) offseason was going to be fighting off Josh Dobbs for the Heisman Trophy. Um... At the end of the day, it was a totally different story. Florida State had 580 yards of offense, most of which came at the hands of the inexperienced back five the Rebels put out there. Uh, Frankly, their defensive backs are just not seasoned. Uh, They're not as strong or as big as they need to be. So if Alabama's passing game starts clicking, if Stardarius, hashtag Stardarius, uh, continues to do what we've seen the first two games... Uh, I think it could be a long day for the Rebels. Needless to say, we're going to need contributions from probably OJ, certainly from Calvin Ridley, uh, maybe a few other of the weapons that we've been hiding up in our Russian cap. Uh, I think they've got a really strong chance for Alabama's offense to to break out and have them just a, a great day. Uh, one big part of that, though, sort of the X factor, if you will, I just put my hands in an X, you can't see it, but I did, uh, the Ole Miss crowd at, at Vaught Hemingway is gonna be pretty rockin', they will lock the Vaught, I just made a dismissive motion that some of you can fill in the gaps on, uh, I, I think it's gonna certainly be the loudest crowd Ole Miss has played in front of, and will be the loudest crowd Alabama has played in front of. How do you see that impacting the game and particularly the quarterback situation? I okay, two things. Yeah, that's I'm glad you brought the quarterback issue up. I think number one, the the Ole Miss defense is not tremendous, but I think with if the crowd is into it, if they keep it close early, I think the crowd can play a role in this game. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, we'll get to picks later, but I think the matchups are lean in our favor so heavily that on paper we should win this game and win it pretty handily. Uh, but I think the, if they could stay in it for a while, if Chad Kelly can do his thing, um, and it may, you know, it takes, get some hit, gets, and I'll talk about it a little bit more, but when, when Ole Miss has the ball, but if Chad Kelly can do his thing and keep them in the game while, then this crowd can get rowdy and that'll make it a whole lot closer than it should have been. But then turning to quarterback play, what do you think, gauging from last week's quarterback play, which was, Eh, I mean, he. Uh, you know, if we're going to go with Jalen Hurts, he missed some pretty easy throws that he will have to make against Ole Miss, uh, and the crowd's going to have some impact. What do? You, what do you? What's your? Uh, what's your hottest of takes on that? My hottest take is that to date we have seen Jalen Hurts be nothing if not cool. Uh, yeah. When when he trots out on the field, it doesn't matter if. He just fumbled on the exact last snap or threw an interception or whatever it may be. He has this calm, collected demeanor and goes out there ready to scan the defense and, and figure out what's going to happen on the next play. I think that will be huge. Uh, I, I, I'm with you. I didn't see sort of the progression or I don't I don't know if you... Maybe week two is too early to expect him to just totally take the reins, but I was hoping to see a little more than I did in week two. Uh, I think a large chunk of that, however, and, and we can get to this, is going to depend on our offensive line. And if they can step up and give Jalen just a little bit of time, give him some some room to make some plays himself and, and find some guys downfield, I trust him in this situation. 
Yeah, let's go ahead and hit on the offensive line real quick. Yeah. Um, that was something that Coach Saban discussed a good bit, that they were not getting a movement that they should be getting. In fact, they addressed it. The offense, a couple of the players said the same thing, acknowledged that they were not playing to, the, to their ability. And um, because of that, you know, it limits the running game. It lim- limits what Jalen Hurts can do. You know, I don't want to, you know, I don't think he's the kind of quarterback who looks at his first read, it's not there, and takes off running. But at the same time, they're putting him in a position where he almost has to do that because they're not giving him the time to, to, to make his reads. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. Uh, one sort of personnel note to that point um, our right guard starter last week was one Ross Pierce Barker. Pierce? Pierce Barker? Yeah, let's go with that. Yeah, uh, who I've got to say was beat pretty handily pretty regularly. Yeah. Uh, the second half, one Alphonse Shank Taylor came in, and I think there was an improvement there. So we'll probably see that. Uh, an additional note in tonight's press conference, Saban made a point to say that the two tackles have been playing well, uh, talking about Cam Robinson and Jonah Williams. Yeah. Uh, one thing, and one other thing I will point out, uh, the play of Cotton. Yeah. What, what, he's not exactly polished right. out there, but he's just such a beast that um, I think he needs to he needs to be out there more than he is, in my opinion. And, again, weigh in if you disagree on at, on Twitter at H2Theroes. Or on our Facebook page, give us what you think about Lester Cotton. I think he needs to be a force because I think he's going to ultimately be uh, the glue that holds the line together because he is so talented, but it's so raw. Uh, so I think that he needs to be out there as much as possible to develop his skill set going forward. Raw Cotton. I like that, and I, I couldn't agree more. I love the kid. And we're going to work with Raw Cotton as a, as a thing. <laughs> All right. Well, when Ole Miss has the ball... Um, it's a whole different matter. Uh, if the Florida State game is any indication, basically it's feast or famine for the Rebels on offense. Chad Kelly can be brilliant, but he can turn the ball over and miss wide-open receivers with more regularity than Wilfred Brimley. They have zero running game, so containing Kelly and their receivers will be the key to winning this game. Uh, if first-half Ch- Chad Kelly shows up, we should worry. Yes. Uh, if second half Charlie, Chad Kelly coach shows up, this is going to be a cakewalk. Um, I complained about our reliance upon the big plays against in the USC game, but if any team relies on the big play, it's Ole Miss. Uh, when they work, Ole Miss can beat anybody. But I have to think Chad Kelly's going to see some pressure like he has never seen that will force him into some turnovers and some bad decisions. And if that happens, then Mr. Chad Kelly could be in for a very long day. Yeah, agreed. I mean, I've made it no secret that I just love this defense. And I would love to know if Florida State pulled out anything sort of tactically in the second half of that game that Ole Miss didn't see in the first half. I didn't notice anything. I didn't so either. I think, and fittingly enough with his nickname, Swag Kelly, I think he's literally dependent on how he's feeling. And if the Alabama defense can just sort of get in his head a little bit, which I think should be zero problem, particularly considering how much Ronnie Harrison's been talking the past couple Mm -hmm. of weeks, Uh, and and sort of just disrupt his timing, get into his decision-making. I I agree with you. It could be a long, long day. But again, all that to say that the first half Chad Kelly we saw, I mean, was was Heisman-worthy. Exactly, exactly. All right, well, uh, now the things that matter, we're going to – Ease into our picks for this third week of college football, including the Houndstooth Heroes Hate of the Week. Of the Week, of the Week, of the Week. Exactly. Got it. Our Hate of the Week, by the way, is not really going so well. No, not so hot, actually. Uh, We are now now one in three on Hates of the Weeks after... Uh, my, gosh, I hate to say that, my Vols. Your, your volunteers. That's V-A-W-L-S, uh, covered big time at the Battle of Bristol. Lord, Lord, Lord. I'm sorry, I'm so sorry. I know, right? All right, well, here we go. Uh, we're going to, and look, there's a lot of trash games we're not even going to cover right. because we agree on, well, whether we, I mean, whether we agree on who covers or not, we really don't care. Uh, so we're going to just hit the highlights, uh, we're going to hit five conference games, and we are going to start 
with uh, the Better Belt Commodores travel to Atlanta, Georgia, to take on the Georgia Tech uh, Ramblin' Wreck Helvel Engineer uh, Yellow Jackets. They, your, the Georgia Tech is favored by six and a half points. Who do you hate, Ellis Metz? This is a, an interesting scheduling decision, I think. Uh, I just, I'm not sure why Georgia Tech would do it, frankly. I'm not sure if they've decided that Nashville and Atlanta are where everyone uh, who graduates from the Southeast goes after they graduate, so maybe they just need to play in front of these folks. Uh, that being said, I have zero faith in Derek Mason, but he is uh, facing off against the Tech defensive coordinator, one Ted Roof. Oh, Lord. Ted Roof. I thought that guy died for sure. Right. I thought offensive kill, offenses have killed him. <laughs> right. Literally just brought an end to Ted Roof uh, right. as we knew it. But no, there he is in the ACC making a living. Uh, I think Georgia Tech wins. Don't like him to cover, though. I'm hating on the Ramblin' Wreck. All right, yeah, I'm hating on the doors. Uh, real quick, uh, scheduling note, and it is a scheduling note, a literal scheduling note. Uh, the schedule for next year has come out. Yes. Uh, yes. Not, much, not much of a change. The only change that we need to be aware of is, and I believe it's September 27th, your Tide will be traveling to Nashville, Tennessee to take on these Vanderbilt Commodores. Uh, and everything else kind of plays out as you expect. You know, Arkansas is early. Ole Miss is early. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's, it's the same schedule. The only difference you're going to see is uh, uh, Vanderbilt rotates in. So if you uh, enjoy a trip to Nashville and want to get up in the middle of that, then uh, mark your schedules because that, that trip is available to you next year in the year 2017, the year of our Lord. Glad you uh, pointed that out, pal, and pack your bags now. Oh, there you go. Uh, next up. You Auburn. Didn't, you didn't, as all you're saying, you're hating the doors? No I'm thing. hating the doors. I don't have a whole lot to say about it other than I think I think Paul Johnson's uh, running game is going to be too much for the doors. I think, I, I don't, I, I, you know, it's going to be, I think it'll be a 10, 14 point game. I just, I, at some point, that door defense is going to get worn down and Georgia Tech's going to close it out, especially at home. Fair enough. All right. Next up, Auburn. Uh, is hosting the Aggie from A&M in what we know as the Battle of the Weirdos, or some might call it the Cult Bowl. Um, Auburn is a three-and-a-half-point favorite. Who do you hate? This one hurts me a lot, and frankly, I, I'll just own up to the fact that I would never touch it because uh, there's just too much culty weirdness, and I don't yeah. know what happens when you bring one like obscure religion onto this bastion of another religion. Uh, very scary. Just just grateful and hashtag blessed not to be on the planes. Uh, in my head, well, I should say in my heart, I feel like Texas A&M should not only be the favorites here, but should win handily. Right. I, I think, yeah, I just, I think they're sort of in a different league, but it's at Auburn. And we've all seen everything that can happen there. And so uh, I think I'm hating A&M here. Are you? Okay. I think so. All right. Here's my rationale on this because it's, it's, it's very it's, – it's very, stay with me because it's a little complicated. All right. You know how two ugly people get together and they have a pretty baby? You yes. wouldn't expect it, but that, that tends to happen. Both of those – both the parents are hideous. Well, the baby's cute. I've decided that when you've got two cults to come together – Regular happens. So I'm going to say, because you can't, both teams can't be lucky. Both teams can't be just weird as hell. Because when you get them both together, what you think should happen is going to happen. In this case, A&M should win this game. Right. Uh, so I'm going to go strictly with my head in this, in this game and hate on the barn. Yeah. So we're, uh, yeah, I, but who knows? Yeah. Um, we're on the same page. All right. Okay, uh, next up. We're not on the same in, Yeah, we're totally not on the same no, page. No, we're not on the same page. I retract that. Yeah, get, okay. How many beers have you had, Dave? Well, uh, a number. Yeah. <laughs> Mississippi State travels down to Death Valley where uh, LSU is giving them 14 points for this trip. Who do you hate on this game, Mr. Metz? So last week, if you paid attention to the LSU 
Who did they play? Not Nickel State. It was one of those teams, was, yeah. I mean, it was on that same level. Yeah, uh, Whopper, whoever, I don't know. Word sort of swept the country, or at least our portion of the country, that Les Miles has found himself a quarterback. Right. And while I don't necessarily believe it, I'm going to, I guess, bring an end <clears throat> to my hating ways here. I'm going to give Les the benefit of the doubt. Uh, there's some sort of Purdue transfer who is apparently better than anyone Les Miles has signed in the past four or five seasons, uh, who can sling the ball. I think Yu is just complete trash. I think uh, South Alabama was a fine team to beat them, and I think South Carolina is a truly garbage team who at least scored some points on Yu. So all that said, hating the Stingrays. Really? Going to hate the Stingrays? I think so. Would you go so far as to make that your hate of the week? I would, as a matter of fact. I'm glad you asked. <laughs> uh, I don't think 14 points is too much. I think LSU pours it on. Uh, Fournette got a week of rest, I think, and is hopefully going to come back. Uh, so, yes, I would like to make that, Alex, my hate of the week. Of the week. I am going to disagree with you here. Oh. I Okay, if, if Les Miles has found himself a quarterback, I could be totally wrong. He, the, he that quarterback may be good, but that quarterback has one game of play against uh, whoever it was they played. Um, it was you know a team so bad we can't even name them. So I have no trust in this quarterback yet. Um, I frankly think Mississippi State could go down there and win this game. I think LSU is garbage right now, and they probably will get better. But right now, I do not trust LSU as far as I can throw them. So I think Mississippi State hangs around in this game. And so with that, I'm going to hate on LSU. Well, Greg, with your bad back, you shouldn't be throwing anybody. Oh, God. <laughs> hey, that's the truth. Oh, Lord. All right. Final SEC game we're going to look at. Then we'll look at one out-of-conference game. Uh, Mizzou is hosting the Georgia Bulldogs. Mizzou is giving – Mizzou is getting, I'm sorry, six and a half points against those dogs. Who do you hate? Mizzou is trash, and I don't understand what Vegas doesn't see. Uh, I they know. Were, yeah, they were vastly overrated going to West Virginia, and I thought West Virginia exposed that, and so I, I genuinely expected the line of this game to be closer to like 15 or 17, given even how bad UGA looked last week. Uh, I'm They may be that bad. I'm not willing to say UGA is not that bad, but I think Mizzou is worse hating the whatever they are. The Tigers. They're the Tigers, I know. It's yes. just dumb. Yes, I hate Mizzou as well, and I don't understand the line. Um, I'm with you. I, you know, uh, you know, if, if you're a betting man, and Lord knows I am, uh, I would uh, place many, many units on the Georgia Bulldogs to cover this six-and-a-half point spread. I have no – I don't understand it. I think Nick Chubb runs wild. Um, I, you know, everybody has a bad game. They had theirs for sure uh, last week, but I, I think that – uh, if we've learned anything, you don't want to piss off Kirby Smart, and that's what's happened. So I think that Kirby's coming to that game with something to prove, and they blow Mizzou out. Yeah, uh, and, and Kirby absolutely owned Mizzou during his whole period at Alabama when they were in the same conference, whatever. Yeah, and it was not hard to own them, but nevertheless, right, here right. we are. Uh, one quick out-of-conference game of note. Uh, Ohio State travels to Oklahoma, where this game is this, – this line has moved a good bit. Uh, it started out Oklahoma was favored by, I think, a point and a half or two, and it has gone the other way to where Ohio State is now favored by two, two and a half. Uh, any thoughts on this game? I was, I was just genuinely happy <laughs> and so surprised to see Ohio State schedule a challenging out-of-conference game. Right. Uh, and then week one happened, and it was like, well, maybe this is going to be a blowover. I don't know that it'll be a total blowover, but I... I am actually pretty high on Ohio State right now and think uh, Baker Mayfield had a few great weeks, but is probably not the the person he was made out to be, was not who we thought he was. Uh, I like Ohio State to win. I'm going to give them by 7 to 10. Okay. I, I'm leaning the exact other way. I Ooh. think Ohio State is a sheep in wolf's clothing. Um, they lost so much. And I know Urban Meyer can coach. As much as we talk about Urban Meyer and give him hell about various 
uh, illnesses and whatnot. But I can coach. Uh, so he's going to get the most he can out of this team. But they lost everybody. Aside from JT Barrett, they lost literally everybody on that team. So, I, I you know, they're beating up on people. Um, and they're, you know, they're. I'm not going to say they're not playing well because they are. But at the end of the day, I think Oklahoma is more seasoned. I have sort of a man crush on Baker Mayfield, so I hope he has a big day. I just think he's cool and fun. Those dance moves. You know I love a dance move. Um, So I think Oklahoma probably has more than what they've shown us so far. Uh, So I I think Oklahoma pulls it out. I don't know about the covering situation. You know, obviously if it's Ohio State, it's it's favored they're going to cover if Oklahoma wins. But I don't really have a score prediction other than I think it's probably a three to seven point game in Oklahoma's favor. Gregory, you uh, just advocated for big game Bob, and I'm going to have to suggest that you find a thermometer and check your temp right now. I understand that completely. I know. I Very know. troubling. It is troubling indeed. All right. Well, to the game at hand, the one you came here for, the thing that matters this week, Ole Miss uh, is getting 10 points from your Alabama Crimson Tide. You may even find it at 11 points if you're degenerate enough to search all of the gambling websites. <laughs> Not that I am. Um, who are you hating, pal? Uh, let's just talk through it for a minute. All right. Uh, as we've discussed, I think our defense is legitimately, this is a bold statement, unmatched in college football history. Is that too bold? That's pretty bold. It's real bold. Uh, I, I actually stand by it, though. I think, as someone, I think it, as someone who's seen the 92 defense live and in person, that is a bold statement okay, to make. Okay, you got me. Uh, I haven't seen him in person yet, although I will this weekend. Uh, super, super excited. I, my wife, for those of you, or for Fred, who knows this, but we're just going to tell him again, uh, is from Oxford, grew up. Her family's still there, so we're going to go down and spend the whole weekend. The past two years, uh, I have talked immense trash to her mother, my mother-in-law, and am going to take an opposite approach this year uh, where I just explained to her that I feel fortunate that Alabama's even allowed on the same field as Ole Miss. Uh, you know, just really, really hope we can keep it close, but but my hopes are pretty low. Fair, fair. Yeah, yeah, I like that approach. Feeling good about that. Uh-huh. That said, let's talk about how I really feel. Um, I was so excited when you and I had the chance to see our defense in person uh, last season in Atlanta for the SEC championship game. And in person, it was just so fast and so strong and so hard-hitting, I think we have improved on all of those characteristics. So I think Ole Miss's offense is going to be caught in a complete uh, storm for the first quarter, I'll say at least. I think they will not know what hit them. Uh, That said, they still somehow, I don't know if uh, Hugh Freeze has taken to paying professors or NCAA investigators or what, still have Evan freaking Ingram, who has tortured our team God. for, yeah, it's, I mean, just five or six years at least now. Right, he's like 100 years old. He's got to be 100. Uh, it'll be interesting to watch how he can attack our defense versus how O.J. Howard can attack the Ole Miss defense. I think that will be telling throughout the game, and I am hopeful, uh, especially I just think inside our defense is so strong. They contain him. I think they get to... Uh, Chad Kelly a lot, who, as we've seen, will fling a ball that he has no idea where it's going, and sometimes it ends up exactly uh, where he wanted to, but by and large it doesn't. I think he'll make some mistakes. I think our defense scores a touchdown for the third straight game. Uh, Our boy, and I I suspect you'll talk about this too, Averett needs to have him a game. He'll be targeted play after play after play. When it's all said and done... I think we grind it out somehow, but I don't like us big. I like the Tide 24-20. All right. What you got? <clears throat> um, all right. I think this match, I mean, I think the crowd is an issue, frankly. Yes. It depends on how this game starts. It will, will dictate how it ends. Um, I, if the crowd is loud, if Ole Miss is able to stay in the, crowd, in the game for the first quarter, I think this could be a close game and your score might be right on. Uh, however, if you look at it on paper, this is a horrible matchup for them. Uh, you know, Ole Miss does not match up in any position against Alabama well, except in the quarterback role. 
uh, and the defense, our defensive backs are, are, are better than they've ever been, frankly, uh, under in, in the next Saban era. Uh, they seem to have finally figured out a way to turn their heads and, you know, make, make the plays. Um, so this game could be a blowout. Uh, I don't think it's going to be. I think Chad Kelly finds his receivers uh, on, a, you know, on, on a few occasions. But in the end, at the end of the day, I think the defense is too much and probably holds them to 17. Uh, mm-hmm. Offensively, their almost a secondary is just trash. Uh, if Jalen Hurts is able to get to Calvin Ridley and Star Darius, and if OJ Howard finally, if they finally decide to throw the ball to him some more, this could be a very big day for Alabama's receivers. Which in that, if when that happens, that opens the door for uh, the running plays. So, uh, with that said, I think the Tide's going to score some points. I have it 34-17. 34-17, hating the Rebel Akbar Black Bears. Exactly. You don't think exactly. Saban's going to roll out another quarterback, say one Cooper Bateman again, do you? That's a good question, man. I, You know, Blake Barnett did not play much. We didn't talk about this when we talked about quarterbacks. Blake Barnett did not play much against Western Kentucky. But I have uh, – I, I, I don't know if Jalen Hurts is not playing well, do you put Blake Barnett in because he – it's certainly accurate. He can hit. He can hit the balls. There's not a whole lot of difference between the two mm-hmm. in the passing game. But Jalen Hurts is able to, you know, act, has got the, has got the wheels. So you know, if, if one is not able to hit his receivers, I don't know that anybody would hesitate into throwing the other one in. Yeah, uh, just see what could happen. I felt so good until just now. Oh, I think you're right though. Yeah, I actually would not at all be surprised if we see uh, two quarterbacks enter the game. All right, fair enough. Okay, well that will do it for another edition of Houndstooth Heroes, brought to you by Wild Bill's Wing Sauce and Druid City Brewing Company. Remember, you can check out the website by the same name, or you can find us on Facebook or on Twitter at H2Th Heroes. And as always, be sure and rate our podcast up on the iTunes. Take us home, brother. Yeah, and again, if you thought this was just the worst thing you've done, at least in the past two weeks, uh, the way to express that is five stars on the iTunes rating. So go ahead. We'll do better next time. Y'all be good. Roll Tide.